Welcome back to Soul Back. This is the R&B podcast. I have a special guest. We're actually two special guests with us today. Um, two people that have brought Soul Back. I have Ed and Tom. What's going on, guys? <laughs> What's up, players? You got the best guest you that money can buy. Well, you ain't got no money, Kyle. The best no. guest you can get for free. Uh, thanks, Kyle. But I think this is actually the earliest podcast we ever recorded. I think it's only 7.30 your time. And uh, Ed just finished up his cornflakes, and you just finished up your Taco Bell breakfast, so we're good to go. <laughs> oh, my God. It's going to be one of these shows, I see. Tom, is it true that you already have the bottles open at 10 a.m.? Oh, stop it. No, the <laughs> earliest is probably like 1 o'clock. Okay, okay. What am I, some random drunk? Jeez. I mean, well. you said it. <laughs> um, all right, guys. Now that we're on the topic of sleep and waking up, I don't think we've ever talked about this, but because it is such an early podcast, let's talk about our sleeping rituals and routines. Do you guys have any of that before you go to bed? Do you do anything to oh, wind no. down? I'm scared Ed, of what you're, where you're going with this one. I'm terrified, Kyle. It's early. I, I don't have anything. Are you insinuating? Just... Are you insinuating that music puts you to sleep because it's so snoozy nowadays? No, no. Let's let's listen to Ed first. What do you do before you go to sleep, Ed? Well, before we start talking about albums that came out and put people in comas, um, like, I don't really do anything, and I don't know if we've discussed this before, but like I don't even get very much sleep. I don't sleep that much, so like I tend to get up around three or four to like start either the workout or start on my just like get work done. And then I'm going till probably like 9 or 10 at night. And that confirms it. Ed is a vampire. Team no sleep. <laughs> what no about you, sleep Tom? like Janet. What about you, Tom? Are you uh, scrolling, scrolling through the gram before you sleep? Are you drink- No, you, man. You strike that- me as the type of person to drink a warm glass of milk before you sleep. Oh, my. How old am oh, I here? Jeez. I don't know oh. about a warm glass of milk, but a glass of something. No. You, well, that does help you sleep, but no. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. I do need my eight hours or else I'm cranky. I'll tell you that much. So that means cell phones got to go away. Can't be reading the gram. That stuff gets you too riled up. So, and then put on some nice relaxing TV to wind down. That's it. Yeah, baseball will definitely do the trick. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Beat me to it. Yep, yep. Alright, um, so my bedtime ritual, I'm actually just pretty laid back as well. I like to have a nice cup of tea before I sleep, but because I knew I was going to have to get up super early today for this podcast, I decided to open up my Spotify page. Um, I opened up John Legend's discography. I got to about 20 seconds into the prelude of the first album, and I was done. So. I knew this is where you were going. <laughs> <laughs> my God. And then why does it have to be the first album, which was actually pretty decent? He's got plenty oh, of snoozers, but that ain't the one. second. The second album was way better. Um, sir, we we agreed to that. Remember? No, we disagreed to that. That's what I remember. <laughs> <laughs> and then I remember. Uh, I knew there was a song on one of his later albums with Melanie Fiona, "Wake Up Everybody," the the, uh, the cover. And I was like, maybe this will be my alarm to waking up. But I was like, that's risky because it's still John Legend. So. I just set up my Android uh, alarm, and I'm up, 7.30 a.m. Congratulations. Oh, my gosh. So just note to everybody, don't operate heavy machinery if you're going to throw <laughs> one of those later John Legend albums because your health is at risk. No, oh, my gosh. Shout-outs shout to my boy John Legend. <laughs> your boy John Legend? No, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, can we... Uh, I haven't done one of these in a while, but I want to shout out one of our fans. He's one of our newer listeners. Ed, I know he's an active participant on the So In Stereo Cypher. He also mm-hmm. replies to us on Twitter a lot. Ryan King. Can we give a shout out to Ryan King? Shout out to the man, Ryan. He leads a lot of the kind of R&B focused convos over on the Soul and Stereo Cypher on Facebook. If you're a Facebook user, go like us and check us out there. We talk in music all day long, all night long. My notification is popping. But Ryan always has some great convos and some great information and some great insight. So shout out to my man. 
All right, all right, Tom. So the spotlight is now on you because you've been gone. Uh, where you were? Well, you were gone last week. Um, we gotta find out what is your deal with Van Jess. Are you managing the group? We need to find out. Oh my goodness! So, first of all, our boy Zeppelin put me onto them months ago, and he was early on them, and then they ended up. They're on every website. I don't know if you guys have done your research, but it's not like I'm the only people person talking about them. But anyway, God forbid I get excited about a new artist. Suddenly I'm related to them. That's what they do in these days. God. Actually, that is what they do these days. But for you to give anybody props that's not named Music or Soul Child, we thought something was up. Listen, when Zeppelin recommends an artist, which is rare, especially a new artist, he, he has our intentions in mind, so... Did anyone actually take the time to listen to the music? No, I haven't yet. I was waiting on well, you. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. <laughs> so, this is like, we don't get many artists nowadays who actually bring some of that more traditional R&B sound, especially for a younger artist. So, when you find something like that, you got to hold on to it and, and celebrate it, like we did with Anna Moore recently. So, there's not much of that left, so... You don't diss me for saying I'm related to them. We got we got to uplift these artists. Although no, that may or may that may or may not here. be Marlene's cousins, but you know. Oh my! Now here the truth comes out. Now there we, we are always here to uplift the artists, but for Tom to come out of the blue championing an artist that and that means I'm sure some of our longtime listeners are familiar with Van Jess, as am I. But that cosign came out of nowhere. We were like, "What is up with this?" So I by the next recording i will have heard the album and we will see if it lives up to tom and zeppelin's hype yep all right and if it's not good tom you're off the podcast and we're replacing you with barry bars barry he's always ready he's oh ready. boy barry's over there listening to travis scott he's not paying us any attention today <laughs> oh. um a couple of new projects that came out guys Peebo bryson we've been talking about him for the last two months now He's dropped the Sade record. He's dropped a pretty amazing single that's like on the top of Urban AC or it's close to the top. Ed, you had a chance to listen to the album. What did you think? My man, Peebo. I was very excited about this album. But I will say that it's number one, Peebo was kind of, if you just ask the average fan, they just know him for singing all the Disney songs, the Beauty and the Beast song, the Aladdin song. So a lot of them don't know that his career spans back to the freaking mid-70s. Dude is as storied and prolific as like a Charlie Wilson. So he's a veteran in the game. That said, I really enjoy the album, but I will say it with this caveat, because I know especially how you two guys are. His voice is very rustic. His lyrics are very throwback. So it's kind of the epitome of the old man sound. I can hear the youngest now being like, it sounds too old. Where's the auto-tune? I need a tie dollar feature. So if you're looking for that, you're not going to get it. But if you're a fan of Peebo and if you like sort of more traditional early R&B as far as like compositions, kind of 80s style, you're going to love this one. It's still one of the better R&B projects of the year, but it's a specific sound that might not resonate with some of the youngins on the podcast. I, I just find it entertaining that we didn't care about Peebo Bryson for about 25 years, and all of a sudden <laughs> he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. You didn't care about Peebo for the past 25 You didn't even know who Peebo was. You thought that the magic carpet was singing the song on Atlanta. Listen, hold on. Do you remember once upon a time that guy who called us out for not mentioning certain artists, and then I randomly started shouting out people like Kenny Lattimore? <laughs> I remember. Well, I can guarantee Peebo Bryson's name has never been mentioned in our 100 episodes. This is true. This is absolutely no, true. No, it's, it's true, but also Chucky Booker wasn't mentioned until I threw him up, and then everybody had to run to Wikipedia to see who he was. Shout Good out to your, to your cousin Chucky Booker. Good kid. Oh, my goodness. And some Orange Juice Jones. OJ the Juice Man. <laughs> <laughs> the orange juice. Ju- oh, players! Uh, this is what and, I have to deal with. And last but not least, the Whitehead Bowser Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out Kenny Whitehead, man! Those dudes are good. Y'all are missing out on the classics. Peebo, <laughs> the Whiteheads, 
Chuck it, we all coming to my house for a throwdown. <laughs> house party, 1991 style. Uh, wow. But, Ed, I just have one question about this Peeble album because, um, oh, this sounds ignorant, but I'm going to ask it anyway because on the last Jodeci project, Casey sounded like he was singing without teeth. Um, is that the same with this Peeble project? <laughs> oh, my God. That's messed no. up, man. No. Okay. The vocals <laughs> are very good. I'm not saying okay. that he can't sing. I'm saying that the style of lyrics and his voice is very rich and very heavy and very, it's almost church choir-ish. So it's not going to sound like your 2003 Neptune's boo 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 stuff that you like. Oh, well, let me ask you guys something, though. <clears throat> Isn't there something kind of creepy about someone in their late 60s singing about China romance and wine and dine a woman, like, trying to pick up a woman, basically. I mean, I just find that a little creepy. Like, when Ronald Isley was at, in his heyday, hitting on younger women, I don't know. I just can't get with that. But see, player, you're conflating two things. There's a difference between 60-year-olds can get their, you know, they can get their grown and sexy on as long as it's other, with other 60-year-olds. If you're 60 <laughs> hollering at 18-year-olds, then you're creepy. Doesn't keep sweating. I haven't seen any peebles trying to holler at Sade. Sade's like, Almost 60. Even wait, though she wait, looks like she's 20. Hold on, Ed. Doesn't Keith Sweat holler at 18-year-olds? Since when did Keith holler at 18-year-olds? <laughs> I don't I know. I you just... said that on a previous podcast. I think you're yeah. talking about the other king of R&B, but that was last week's podcast. Oh. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, so we talked about one Bryson. Let's talk about the other. Bryson Tiller, he's featured on hers new EP, I Used to Know Her. Uh, this is the prelude to her new album. Ed, you had a chance to listen to it. I did. Uh, here's a, it's the problem with her. Now, first of all, let me preface this by saying I like the EP. I thought it was solid. But if you heard Volume 2, if you heard Volume 1, if you heard that combined Volume 1, Volume 2 thing they did, it sounds the same. And, I, and unfortunately, as much as there's anticipation growing, for her LP, her solo debut, we were having a discussion on the um, Solo Stereo Cipher, for example. A lot of people were like, isn't this her third album? And then someone chimed in and was like, no, this is just like her third or fourth mixtape. So by the time she drops her album, she would have had three or four projects that already sounded similar, unless she goes a totally different direction. And that's starting to worry me, because when you get ready to release your album... If people are already burnt out on your sound, it's not going to do you any favors. And on the other hand, if you drop an album and go completely left, like Luke James did with his album, fans are going to be like, what is this? So it's getting kind of, I feel like her is starting to, as much as I love her music, it's starting to kind of oversaturate the game with one specific type of sound. Hmm. That's a good point. I actually, uh, I listened to the EP as well, and like you said, I like it as well. But it's interesting because if you think about it, Volume 1 came out in December of 2016, from what I remember. Mm-hmm. So yep. It was during that, it was, it was during the fourth quarter of that year. It's only been two years since the release of that project. So imagine if instead of it being three separate projects, it was just combined into one and it was put out during that time. It's like, of course, the sound would be consistent, but since she split it up into different releases, it just seems like a lot more than it is. Because we right. usually give an artist two years to take a break and to come back with a new sound anyway. So it's interesting to see how we're critiquing and judging music based on just how the releases are coming out. I do believe when her debut comes out, it will sound a little different. Um, just because she's already found success on Urban AC with more traditional sounding R&B records as opposed to that vibey moody stuff which I think is starting to die off a little bit or people are getting bored of it so um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with her debut it's, it's, it'll, it's, and of course we all know that we're all rooting for her but I just hope that I think it's a weird time because people there used to be a time a few years ago probably like two decades ago where there was a clear line between like an album a mixtape and an EP and in 2018, they're pretty much synonymous in the ears of the listener. So when you're putting out one every six months or so, that seems like an album every six months or so. So when it's time to say, oh, let's have this big album, this is it, this is my coming out party, 
people are like, yeah, we've heard you like for years. This isn't new. And unless there's something new brought to the table or something different, like you said, people are going to be kind of yawning. So I hope there's a game plan. I've been very happy with her success, but I just hope that we aren't getting heard out. Yep. We'll see what happens with her. Um, so another record came out. This is one that we've all been anticipating for. LMA's follow-up single. She had Boot Up, which is still doing pretty well. I think it's stalling on pop, which is not really that surprising. But um, she's finally put out her second single, Trip. Tom, you had a chance to listen to it right before the podcast. Yeah, I mean, uh, our guess was she might go a little more. First of all, Guys, I'm getting tired of talking about LMA on this podcast. I don't know about you guys, but it seems like she's always on this podcast. But let's just get her on here anyway, on this thing and call oh it a day. Oh, my gosh. Anyway. Van Jess for this guy. Well, let's talk about something. It's like nothing's going on besides LMA these days. That's kind of sad. But anyway, we were He's guessing. Right. We, <laughs> it's kind of true, but we, we were guessing which direction she'd go in. I thought it was going to be more trendy. We didn't really know. It seems like she followed the formula from Boot Up and came with the same vibe. So it'll be interesting to see how this one does. Obviously, it all comes down to money if they want to push it. But uh, dare I say, this could potentially start causing a movement of that sound if it does well. I don't know. Hmm. I think, uh, well, first of all, I think it was smart that her team put out Trip you know, as opposed to a more trendy sound, because I feel like that was the initial downfall of Tinashe's career when her debut came out. She had two on, and she should have went with another, you know, record that sounded like that, but she went with that song with ASAP Rocky. I think I've mentioned it on the podcast before, but that song with ASAP, I think it was called Pretend, it was so slow, and it started confusing the fans on what direction she was going uh, towards. With LMA, Trip sounds like a... It doesn't sound exactly like Boot Up, but like you said, Tom, the formula is the same, and I think that was that was smart of them. So it maintains her core audience. What about what do you think, Ed? I totally agree. Took the words out of player's mouth. I think that when it comes to the sound that she was going to go for, because it's been so successful and kind of sort of unique. I'm not saying that she invented a whole new sound like some folks have said, but it's not a sound that we hear prevalent on radio right now. I think it's good for her to continue in that lane because right now, let her kind of spearhead that before everybody else starts mimicking it and you start looking like a follower instead of a leader. And that sound is working. People like it. It's resonating. I like it personally, and I think that it allows for actual artistry, and you can't really be lazy and goofy on it like some of the other kind of mainstream sounds we've heard recently. So yeah, it's a good I think it's a good direction. We roll with it. Again, there's a kind of danger of playing it out if that's a one trick pony. But if you know familiar with LMA and we all know that Boot Up is far from her first rodeo, so to speak. She's got plenty of tricks in her bag, so she has the opportunity to kind of take her newer fans on other directions and you know, and follow ups. So I think this is the direction to go. I really like the song. It's all good. Now, tell him, uh, I got to ask you, how many uh, cups of alcohol are you into right now? Because I'm about to fire you up. <laughs> I have not had any alcohol yet, guys. Jeez. Okay, just double checking. It's um, 10.30 I read interest- in the morning here. <laughs> I don't know. Well. Um, I read an interesting comment on uh, on a forum. I would love your take on it, Tom. You as well, Ed. But somebody mm-hmm. said... R&B is the most exciting it's been since the late 90s neo-soul era, in my opinion. You know it's moving in the right direction when Urban AC starts regularly playing artists who are 30 and younger. Well, it's just like a misguided comment, in my opinion. It's like, Urban AC uh, plays what they're instructed to pay, because they're a major company, and companies run on money. So, there's no Urban AC artists coming out with songs. They got to you know, play something to make money, so they play whatever is out. And then labels found, you know, a way to exploit the system by sending their younger artists there. Really, that's all it is. I mean, we've talked time and time again, there's not much competition at Urban AC Radio. Any Urban AC artist who comes out nowadays, even like a Peebo Bryson's going right to the top, because there's nothing else to compete with. So, 
you know, I think labels found out there's no competition. They could get their artists a quick, easy number one hit, five million plays, and boom, you know, that's what they're doing. So that's the way I look at it. Yeah, I'm not too mad at the comment. I mean, it was prefaced by saying that person's opinion, and, you know, okay, that's your opinion. But I I see that I agree with the spirit of the comment, and the spirit is it is an it's an encouraging time. I think I'll put it like that. Because there are lots of artists who aren't just relying on hip-hop gimmicks to go to the top of the charts. But like Tom said, there's a lot more politics in that than it kind of seems on the surface. But if this allows more of the sound that resonates with like real R&B artistry to have a chance at the forefront, I'm alright with it. I'm only going to get grouchy when we start taking shortcuts and when everybody starts mimicking the rappers again. But, you know, I'm not too mad at the comment. Do you? Right. I'll tell you what, guys. I'm actually more excited about this group of young R&B singers than I am about the previous generation. I feel like at least this group, I'm talking about like her and Ella. Um, who else is there? There's just a bunch of them. Uh, Kalani, like all of them. I think they have a brighter future than... You know, that last generation that we looked at with, like, Luke and L. Varner and Bridget Kelly. I mean... I, uh, yeah, oh, go ahead, uh, Tom. I was just to say, you have to understand, Kyle, you're also younger than us, and the generation who's listening to her and LMA are also a lot younger than us. So I think me and Ed would have liked the previous generation more than this one. I mean, Ed, you chime in. Well, I was gonna, I was kind of going in that direction, and it's not that I didn't like the previous generation. Again, it seems like the previous generation didn't have the opportunities that the current generation is having. Some of it's their fault, some of it's not. A lot of it isn't. But I think that I'm encouraged for this generation and excited for them because they are really, I feel like getting the opportunity to shine and not just let me follow the trend or become irrelevant immediately. But you know, going behind that, like kind of the generation that Tom and I kind of came up on, I think that those are the ones that we still embrace, but I still respect the generation of the, what can we call it, like the mid-2000 generation? Kind of those guys that were kind of stuck in that box who were talented, but just couldn't get out of it for various reasons, whether it be EDM eating up things or auto-tune or later on when we got to the trap movement. But this current generation, they're actually moving forward with R&B sensibilities and they're kind of incorporating little bits of kind of the mainstream sound. That's cool. I really like the ingenuity that they're doing because they're still, it reminds me of kind of like early 90s R&B where there were R&B artists who were straight up R&B but were borrowing from hip hop, not just straight up rapping. Like that's the difference. And I love that they're kind of following that trend. Right. Um, we got a couple more singles to talk about. B5, they've reunited. Um, it looks like them and Day 26 reunite every like three years, but B5 yeah, is back with another single. Tom, you posted it. What did you think? Yeah, I didn't know what to expect, but it was actually a solid R&B record. I was expecting something almost dancey because when I went to their uh, showcase back five years ago, over five years at Motown, they weren't even singing their new songs. They were just dancing, to doing choreography choreography so it was actually a solid r&b record i think you checked it out you you thought it was solid as well but you know i i wasn't really sure what to expect um but they did it's after it's been five years i think since their last music i wasn't really expecting them to come back i think one of them had gone solo we posted his record but um yeah interesting everyone comes back these days i guess yep <laughs> yeah top Ed, we were talking about how uh, some of that record almost sounded like Ty Dolla going off. Oh my gosh, it clearly was the Ty Dolla mode. I know a lot of people give me grief for not worshipping at the altar of Ty Dolla. He is not my cup of tea. But the thing is, if someone... I don't hate the song because, you know, the stylings of Ty Dolla's music isn't that bad. It's just that... Honestly, it just sounds ridiculous screeching over everything. And B5, you know, carries the song a little bit better than I feel like a tie would. So it certainly sounds like it's his blueprint, but they actually do it a little better than he usually would do it. 
So shout outs to B5. It'll be interesting to see what they come up with uh, moving forward. Uh, I don't think they were on that Bad Boy reunion tour, were they? Because they were a part of Bad Boy for a minute. For like a hot second, but I don't remember them being on that tour. No. no. All right. And then the last record I want to talk about before we get into some other things is Tamia. She put out another piano ballad. You guys know how much I love my piano ballads. Oh, <laughs> no, boy. I... <laughs> but, uh, Ed, you had a chance to listen to it. Listen, player, when you go to Tamia, when you step into a Tamia track, you know you can get some vocals. You know it. And, boy, she delivered on this one. She sang her face off. Um, I don't love it as much as Leave It Smoking, and... I don't. I think it's probably on the same level as me as the, the wedding song, whatever it was called. Today I do or something like that. But I thought it was a good, solid. It seemed like a solid album cut more than a kind of head turning single. So it's a once the album drops in a month or so, it's something I'm sure I will give a lot of play and attention. But it's not something that's like oh revolutionary or gonna kind of change the game for. Tamia is just reliable, outstanding vocals. You get it each and every time, and she did not disappoint this time. Tom, I know you're over there still banging that Leave It Smoking record. Man, that's my favorite song of this year, probably, believe it or not. Uh, well, you guys are probably there for me. You well, guys might disagree, Ryan but... King. Well, our no, boy Ryan King, Ryan King, who we shouted out earlier in the podcast, he doesn't like that song. Really? That was interesting. Mm. Nope, he didn't like a lot of those Tamiya tracks. I remember us discussing that. Yep. That's weird. We're going to have to get you on the podcast, Ryan King. Yeah, I mean, Ryan King, you definitely get the Play a Please Award this time around. No. Congratulations. (laughs) No. We don't get no. Listen, we talk about the Play a Please in a bit. We still have some stuff to go through first. All right. Uh, So, Tom, I got some very exciting news for you. Tyrese Gibson, Tyrese Gibson announces double album identity theft. One half is hip hop, the other half is R and B. Didn't he retire from R and B already? And did he already do this? Yeah, didn't he do this? Yeah, with the Black Tie album. Oh man. Uh, My question is, who is asking for this of his fan base that he wants to do this? Uh, People want to hear him sing. I feel like. Yeah, I mean, I knew he wasn't—he—he he, he wasn't going to retire, guys. We knew that. There was no way his ego would allow that to happen. You knew it. Oh, I don't think anybody believed that. He didn't even believe that. Yeah, it was just a brilliant marketing scheme by one Tyrese Gibson. I don't know, <laughs> brilliant. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> can, can we? Can we give him some credit though? He's been rather quiet on social media these days. No, I will not give him credit because you didn't act. That's like taking a. A, a parent's real bad kid who acts up in Walmart every day, and one time you take them to Walmart and they didn't act up, you're like, let's give them some credit. No, <laughs> you still bad. Especially when you uh, go back the next day and act up again. All right. <laughs> uh, now, Tom, we've uh, talked about this on another podcast, and you started doing a lot of speculating. Well, let the speculation continue because... Troy Taylor, who's produced for Trey Songs, amongst others, uh, Kevin Ross as well, posted a couple of snippets of uh, Drew Hill's upcoming album. And uh, Playa is recording with Drew Hill uh, with no jazz in there. Well, first of all, the music sounds actually pretty good. I'm excited for this. But uh, where's jazz, Tom? He's recording his own solo project. We didn't see that one coming. We thought, we thought okay, they're giving jazz time to rest up. Next thing you know, a week later... Players in the studio with Drew Hill. I'm not going to speculate on this one. We know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, because I saw a, uh, a promo photo of Drew Hill recently. I don't know if you guys saw it on Instagram too, but it was all of them, all the members lining up side by side, and uh, Jazz is not there. Actually, can I speculate? Yes. No, boy. <laughs> My speculation on this is, based on no facts, is that uh, Jazz was not too happy that he basically quote unquote got replaced, even if it was temporary. So he's like, "I'm gonna Who do my own thing." Told you this. <laughs> what? That Jazz you- was pissed that he was replaced, so he was like, "I'm gonna go make a single and show them." Who said that? You said. I'm that. asking you who said that. I'm speculating here. 
Okay. Oh my god. This is this I said this is speculation, guys. Come on. Uh-huh. That is a come on, that's an educated guess. What else could have happened where Nokio came out with a statement saying we're giving Jazz time to rest and recuperate and work on himself and a week later he's coming out with a solo album. That doesn't add up. Well, I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just uh, side-eyeing your speculation. Can we All just right. say it's a pretty good trade-off if you trade one member and get two new ones. Two for one is a good deal. Well, I have a couple of questions here for you guys. Number one, mm-hmm. why couldn't Drew Hill carry on without him? And number two, uh, is it really a cool thing that Playa basically is Drew part of Drew Hill now and Playa is gone? Well, here's what I think about it. First of all, to me, when I think of Drew Hill, no offense to the group and the extra members, shout out Scola and all them other guys. When I think of Drew Hill, I think of two voices, Cisco and Jazz. So losing Jazz is a big part of losing Drew Hill to me. However, as much as I love Player, many people know one of my favorite groups ever. They weren't really doing anything with the name, so I'm not mad at this like forming of kind of like an R&B supergroup. Like, let them get their Avengers on; it's cool, especially if Jazz wants to sit it out. Hmm. Well, I would have liked them to see uh, see them bring Woody back, but I don't think that's going to ever happen. Um, Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Come on, he's yeah, like is he like super religious now? What's he up to these days, Ed? I have not heard anything from Woody in a long time. The idea here that he was doing some gospel type stuff, but I, that was forever ago. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, I agree. It's probably not the coolest thing for Playa to be absorbed in the Drew Hill, but, I mean, when I think of Playa, I think of Smokey, Static, and Black. Um, mm-hmm. And it didn't look like Black and Smokey had any intentions of recording new music anyway, so... They might as well get their shine on, on on this new Drew Hill project. I don't even think they're going to be singing leads on it. They're probably just in the background. But that's my speculation, since we're speculating. Mm, no. Since <laughs> I, I'm speculating that Smokey going to be singing something. He ain't going to be on the background too long. All right. <laughs> Shout out to our boy Smoke. Um, a couple more things I want to talk about. So So Deaf, the, the anniversary tour. It's coming to a city near you. We've got... Ed, we got a lot of people on this tour. We've got, of course, Jagged Edge. We've got Bow Wow, who is actually quitting music soon to go work at GameStop, but we can talk about that later. <laughs> I thought uh, he was already working at GameStop. Excuse me. Calm down. Um, Escape. Uh, I think them franchise boys will be there, too. I know you loved no. them back in the day. Uh, Jay Kwan oh. will also be there. Ed, you love Tipsy. Um, yeah, I think you're talking about Tom who loves being tipsy. I am not a fan. These oh. are some some great examples alongside Bone Crusher of how the South really progressed music. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> well, you Northerners can go up there and claim the great lyrical dexterity of a Cardi B and get back to me. Since y'all are running the game with Cardi and Young M.A. And Takashi 69. And... And I was going to say in 6 9 thank you for giving that one, too. Good God. Yes. At least we have people like Nas. I mean, who do you have down there? Who do Juicy we have J? down here? You got, uh, I can name one good person. That guy from UGK. Who? That guy from UGK. <laughs> let me educate, let me educate this obviously drunken music stand. Because we got the outcasts that reshaped the game. You had the UGKs that reshaped the game. You've got the current people, like the Kit Crits, reshaping the game. You want to go up a little northern a little bit, you got Rhapsody reshaping the game. I'm counting Missy and her crew because that's Southern Virginia. They're reshaping the game. Please get your stuff straight and turn on your CD of Philly's Most Wanted's Greatest Hits and (laughs) re-up... Or your northern rap traditions, because y'all struggling right now. Andre all 3000, right, right. such a great singer. All right, all right. Calm down, guys. Uh, we got to focus here. But on a side note, Ed, I got to give the South some props, because uh, Jaquan does have a good song, Hood Hop. That song is banging. 
No, that song is not banging. What are you two listening to? Oh, well. These beats only, that's it. Yeah, I only listen to beats here. If the beat is banging, (laughs) it has a chance on the top 100 of the year. Oh my gosh. So Uh, if I see Hood Hop on this year's list, I know who to blame. Even though that song is like 25 years old. Yep, yep. Uh, The Brat is also on the the, uh, tour, if uh, you guys weren't aware of that. Um, Can we get into the Play a Please Awards now? We can, so I can give both of you one. No. <laughs> um, so I want to quickly give a play a please. Actually, I don't know if this deserves a play a please, but uh, a friend of mine, Olivia, she was asking if she could get a play a please. Ed, is it supposed to be a good thing to get a play a please award? It's weird. There are a lot of followers on Twitter who are like, want me to play a please them. Like it's like some kind of badge of honor. So I'm glad to give it to you, but no, I, I give no love into telling you how lame you are. <laughs> Listen though, guys. In this day and age, what, it's what like we say: all publicity is good publicity. So, I guess shout out, so. Ask, shout out to ask Olivia. Ask. You can get your player, please. Oh, <laughs> what does she do to deserve a player, please? I don't know, but. Listen, just because you get a play a please doesn't mean you're lame. Zeppelin has a play a please award to his uh to his profile and he's pretty cool. Yeah, fair enough. But so. then you retracted that, I thought, but Oh yeah, we did. He <laughs> See, I missed that combo. I don't know how I feel about that one. Alright, alright. Um I've got a couple of play a please awards here. Um I wanna give one to uh, um I guess I don't even know if he's a fan of our website, but um, he emailed us and asked if he could use one of our photos of Leah LaBelle for uh, her Wikipedia page. So I assume that uh, that uh, he was just a fan or maybe a family member that wanted to update her Wikipedia. But it turns out he's a university student who spends his spare time editing Wikipedia because it helps improve his English. Does he get a play a wow. place for this? No. Absolutely not. Really? That's actually pretty cool. I don't know. Yeah. Come What's on. What's wrong about that? Alright. Who spends all day on Wikipedia except for Tom? <laughs> I was gonna say, you you two trying to figure out what songs Peebo came out with. <laughs> Alright. That's pretty cool. Give the guy okay. the picture. Alright, we'll give him the picture. Okay, fine, we'll give him the picture. Alright, let's, oh let's get into get some real... Let's get into some real play a please awards here. Um, color me bad, Ed. We talked about them last. Oh week. boy, Tom, are you aware of this color me bad story? <laughs> yeah, from what you told me, I'm, I don't know if anyone else really knows about it. We talked so, about it last week. So, Ed, can you give them a brief recap? Oh my gosh. Okay, players. So this is before we get into the update of the story. Cause I know where Kyle's going with this. So last week. Color Me Bad is stumbling around on stage like in 1990, singing their songs or doing whatever. A member walks off the stage. I can't remember whatever a dude's name is. Everybody's still performing. Then out of nowhere, a dude just walks up to the stage like an angry toddler, just shoves one of the members, and walks away. I'm trying to figure out what happened. Did he eat his leftovers? Does he owe him money? Did he just remember that he hates the dude? I don't know what was up. So dude came in, got shoved, and the members just kind of like, we apologize that my member sucks. So, good night, everybody. <laughs> so that was last week, and um, we didn't know what was going to happen with um, Color Me Bad, because they actually still go on tour. They're actively doing shows. Uh, so it turned out that um, the member that got shoved refuses to speak to the, the, the big dude, uh, but they're still doing shows together, and at their most recent show, the big dude wore a shirt that said, I'm sorry. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I like that we have just named him the big dude. Yeah, what's up with that? <laughs> <laughs> we can't be, throwing na- can't be throwing government names out there, so we'll just call him the Ooh, player, I'm the I'm the R&B historian, I can't even remember big dude's name. I'm sure somebody will tweet me and yell at me what it is, so... E.T. Bowser, you hook up, holler at me there. But Tom, isn't it a more honorable thing if he just apologized to the dude? Like, what does wearing a t-shirt do? 
Uh, I have no answer for that. <laughs> well, easily. It's... It's, listen, player, egos are... No one wants to apologize because everybody's got an ego. So this is how he can apologize without the words actually coming out of his mouth. That's all this is. Listen, it, it, this reminds me... This actually reminds me of when I interviewed someone for a job, and I said, why do you want this job? And he said, well, everyone's got to eat. Well, color me bad... <laughs> Even has got to eat too, so they worked it out the best they could. <laughs> All right. Well, All right. clearly, big dude has to eat, and that's probably why I said last week he was with the anger of somebody's Popeye's chicken being destroyed. So I understand oh that fury. So maybe that's what caused it. But I'm an alt player. Who was interviewing for a job saying, "Well, everybody's got to eat"? That shows a great <laughs> work ethic. Wow. Safe to say uh, he got the job. No, he did. Yep. Wow. Interview, t- <laughs> interview tips with Tom. Here we go. And now we know how Barry Bars got hired. Man. Oh, my. Barry. Man, we don't mean that. No. <laughs> Barry knows better. Tom, give him the we love you. Barry, we love you. <laughs> and there we, we gotta have get it. Ed to do, we got to get Ed to do one of those one day. Well, he might, he might do it on this next one because the Play a Please Award goes to... I was going to single out an individual, but I see this happen more often than not. I want to give this Play a Please award to all the R&B fans out there. Every R&B fan. Uh-oh. What? So, shout-outs to DJ Soulchild, our boy, for digging this up on Instagram. But um, there was a fan who commented on Donnell Jones' Instagram page. And wrote... Oh, my gosh. And wrote... I love you, Donnell Jones, from the time you were with High Five to now. I keep your music on rotation. In which Donnell Jones replied with, I was never in High Five. Guys? Um, uh, now, why I'm are you to... giving all R&B fans the Player Please Award? That should just be that person that commented. No. And I love that Donnell yelled at him. Listen, this is only one instance of... Of, of people not doing their Wikipedia research. There's people on Twitter that call Donnell Jones Darnell Jones. There's people on Twitter <laughs> yes. that are asking when John B is going to put up put out the follow up to Pleasures You Like. There's a lot of this going on. Yeah, it's he's right actually. So. Oh my gosh! Now I, I, let me let your boy try to give a little bit of benefit of the doubt. You know that when you're talking to us, because you turn on this podcast, most likely the listeners of this podcast are hardcore R&B fans, they're hardcore music fans, they know what's up, they understand the ins and outs of the industry, or at least have a working knowledge of it, and they know a lot about kind of their favorite artists. So we are kind of on a different level of knowledge when it comes to that. Unfortunately, the... The kind of, I don't want to say mainstream fan, because that makes it sound like we're talking about Todd all the time. But kind of like the more fan that's like not as nuanced, they're not going to know the ins and outs. However, player, how are you going to get Darnell Jones mixed <laughs> up with a High Five member? Like, like what? I mean, Tony Thompson left us a long time ago. Do you think he's Tony Thompson? Hmm. And 5-5 five five has had like 74 different members. So how would you... I don't even know anybody besides Tony. Um, I interviewed them. <laughs> There's that one guy. He was pretty cool. Oh, <laughs> There's that, that one guy. guy. I don't remember his name. Damn. Was he, he an was original a cool guy, member? though. Was he yeah, an original he was. Member? Oh, okay. Yep. And uh, when we did the interview, he got dissed a bit for like... Trying to steal Tony's shine or something. I don't know what's going on there. Damn. How was he trying to steal Tony's shine? Tony's been gone for many, many years. Let the man rest in peace. Jeez. Can I speculate? Yes, you can. Oh, God. <laughs> Go ahead, player. He poisoned Tony Thompson's drink or Stop. something. And, Stop. And oh, my. Him, so he could take over as the lead singer. Pull this man's mic. Just oh turn it off. God. Stop. I don't uh, know, man. But I got Tom, nothing. wouldn't wouldn't you agree that every high five album released in the nineties is a classic? Um what year are we talking here? 
<laughs> if, if you two can name which, three high yes. five albums, I would be shocked. Which album are you referring to here, Kyle? Uh, anything that came up before 1996. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't do New Jack Swing era. You must have oh, the wrong okay. guy. I'm not DJ Soulchild. Oh. Uh, we're going to get in trouble for this. Um, Tom, can we get into the soul backtrack of the day before things get out of hand? Things are just yeah. getting out of hand. We talked about the big one and Tony Thompson getting poisoned. Good Lord. <laughs> I actually don't even know how... I forgot how Tony Thompson passed away, but I'm sorry. I didn't mean any disrespect. I remember. We... Ugh. He was found... Well, I'm not even going to get into it because it's weird. Anyway, well, we miss you, Tony. It was a loss for r and I do know that much. Yes, his solo album was quite the gem that was overlooked. Um, The track of the day? Yep. So... We're going to go with a song that has been a favorite of ours for many years, but recently it's become coming to light again, and that's Joy by Timbaland, Genuine, and Playa. And uh, that was on, which album was that on? Welcome to Our World. Yeah, yeah the first Timbaland and Magoo album. And uh, recently we, we got to hear Playa's version of the song, their solo version, which is pretty cool, a gem. Shout to the Static Major team for bringing that one to light. So uh, that's a cool song and um, some interesting lyrics on that song, especially Genuine's part. Yep, I'll say that much. <laughs> everyone, go, that's a, everyone, that's a way to say it. Everyone, <laughs> go back and listen to it. Um, on a side note, as we we were talking about High Five Ed, I just remembered another group. What about Intro? Don't you love Kenny Green? Oh my. <laughs> Why? <laughs> you don't? I thought you loved Kenny Green. That's your boy. Oh my goodness. Yes, I like intro, but we are not going to talk about poor intro members that are no longer with us. Okay. Are they Man, still Kenny I... Green has passed away years ago as well. You know when I saw them live about four or five years ago? It was like one of the original guys and then like two random guys. It was actually sad to watch. Damn. Well, Kenny was kind of like the glue of the group, and we lost him. Oh, my gosh. I think I was – was I still in college? Now he's been gone a long time. It was like 01 or something. Wow. I'm doing my Wikipedia research right now. Kenny Green wrote Reminisce and Love No Limit by Mary J. Yes. We're talking legendary stuff, but, you know, we lost him to HIV forever ago. Damn. Wait. And, uh, Tom, he's also featured on one of your favorite hip-hop albums of all time, Confessions of Fire by Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are you, like, going to dig up these people's grave and do forensic research now here? They've yep. been gone for so long, man. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> um, I actually love that Cameron album, so stop hating on it. It's pretty shout hilarious. To, shout out to the Worst. North. Uh-huh. I don't I think Tom. I don't think he even cl- that Calvin Tom, cover was terrible. Tom doesn't though. even claim Dipset, so <laughs> no, I actually can't stand them. Just being honest. And there you have it. So, so Ed, you could take <laughs> well, them down there. You could take them oh, down no, south. No, no, I'm not taking Dipset. I'll take Cameron, but you keep Jim Jones up there with the rest of you. <laughs> uh, Ed, what's going on with SoInStereo.com? Oh my gosh, what's going on is I need a. I need a. Some migraine medicine dealing with you two. Anyway, we've had a busy week. We went back this week and looked at judging. Actually, it's stemming off of a conversation from the Soul and Serial Cypher. But we went back and ranked Monica, your girl, Tom. Monica's entire discography from bottom to top. So check out what our picks are for the best Monica albums. I also included that 2002 album that was kind of sort of shelved and kind of sort of went to Japan. A lot of weird stuff that happened there. So check out, like, it's kind of a good timeline of Monica's career in music. So check that out on the site. Also, I teamed with my girl, Nicolette Carney, and we talked about some 12, 12 of R&B's greatest debuts, specifically ones that kind of outshine even later releases. So that has caused a lot of debate on Instagram and on Facebook. So check out our picks for 12 of the best R&B kind of debuts in the past 
30 years or so. Did Music Soul Child's debut make the cut? Music Soul Child's debut did not make the cut. Of course not. Damn. Tom, is that music? Although his debut is his best album. I will say that. Uh, It's a tough one. You know, there's so many good ones, it's hard to say. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Whoa. Groundbreaking news, guys. Ashanti is on the cover of SoulInStereo.com. What? Who let this happen? You. You posted about Chapter 2. Oh, yes. How did I forget? (laughs) Yes, one other post we talked about were were albums that... We talked about great albums that debuted, and we also talked about albums that fans love that are actually pretty terrible. And one of those albums was Ashanti's Chapter 2. So Ashanti's flawless face is on the front of soulandstereo.com talking about a garbage album. Oh, man. (laughs) Well, (laughs) before we get out of here, um, Tom, what's going on with You Know I Got Soul? Uh, Not much. (laughs) Uh, I mean, nothing's coming out, like we said. Not really, besides Peebo. We got some stuff in September, I think, though. Tamiya and Marsha. Mm-hmm. I uh, interviewed KG from Naughty by Nature, the producer. He's a cool guy. I've got to know him over the years. Got to check out his studio. He was making a beat. He's got a whole new label. He's rolling out like he did with Divine Mill back in the day, so it should be interesting. He's found all this new talent. You know, it was something interesting I, t- I talked to him about, because he tours every weekend with Naughty by Nature. And then during the week, he just locks into the studio working on music. And I said, you know, most artists from the 90s they just toured and you never hear from them during the week so i thought it was cool that he's still so passionate and he's working pretty much seven days a week so that was cool that'll be out next week uh but yeah that's pretty much it that's what's up i'm a big kg fan and i love naughty i love tretch was if you ask me in like 92 93 tretch was probably in my top five rappers of all time so love that crew we should get him on here at some point too he'll be he'll give some good yes we should yeah, work on that. That's a good one. Will he show up? Because uh, our uh, our track record is oh boy. Right <laughs> Let's not get into any more trouble here. All right, all right. Well, uh, to celebrate this podcast, which we've uh, we we've now completed, I'm gonna go and listen to. Well, first of all, I'm gonna look at Ed's ranking of the Monica albums. But after that, I'm gonna listen to one of the greatest Monica records of all time, Street Symphony pretty good you know i thought you were gonna say something ridiculous and i was gonna yell at you but i'm actually not mad that's one of her better records or every time the beat drops whatever you want anyways guys oh now (laughs) you would have to ruin it wouldn't you yes i do so we're gonna we're out of here uh you're probably gonna listen to this on the sunday which means we recorded it on the saturday for you guys it's still early i think it's like 8 30 at this point but for me kyle ed and tom we are out of here Peace. We out. Peace.